0: 18 minutes it is now uh, before 8 p.m. and uh, we go into our business conversations on this Tuesday and I'm joined by the Chief Executive Officer at uh, Le Humo Capital, Maudi Lentwane. Maudi, how are you my brother?
1: Very good, ayabonga uh, on this very cold uh, evening yes, uh, in Johannesburg brother. and I'm sure other parts of the of, of the country also. Indeed. Coming up with the cold front, but otherwise I'm good.
0: Okay. And, uh, uh Maudi, let's maybe start off here with the uh, EOH. We do know uh, they were uh, a rather embattled company, lost a contract with Microsoft after some impropriety was found in a contract with the Department of Defense. And uh, now, I guess, uh, uh Rob Van Collar, try or St- uh, Stephen Van Collar, I should say, not Rob Van Collar. Uh, Stephen Van Collar uh, making the call there to sell their construction software business uh, for over four hundred million. Is this, I guess, a reflection of Eoh falling on tough times, or a call uh, based on uh, the weak performance that they've seen in the construction sector?
1: Yeah. So look, uh, Ayabonga. I mean, you've already mentioned uh, some, of, partly some of the challenges that uh, Eoh has faced over the past couple of couple of years. And um, they did make an announcement um, some few months ago that as a result, they are going to be deleveraging their business, selling some of the assets that um, they consider not uh, core to the business and try and um, obviously um, clean up uh, some of that balance sheet. And uh, at at that time, they said um, they want to... They leverage about one billion worth of uh, their, you know, their business. So that means they've done. They're almost halfway through with this with announcement. Uh, with this announcement uh, today, that they are selling uh, the, that uh, software construction um, uh, software business for about 444 million. You know they are halfway through that one billion rent that uh, they've set for uh, for themselves. Um, it's part of the the restructuring. You know it's part of the cleaning up exercise. It needs to happen, you know, for them to get back to the uh, yesteryears of, you know, very good performance.
0: Mm, mm. And uh, let's maybe shift our attention now to uh, uh, something that uh, came out of uh, uh, the uh, uh, national uh, credit uh, uh, regulator's case against Standard Bank here in the South Gauteng High Court uh, uh, last week, and that's a decision that now it's no longer legal for banks uh, to grab money out of your account in settlement of some debts and. Uh, uh, this of course unless you were specifically authorized uh, that particular course of action what is this going to mean uh, for many uh, credit active South Africans who uh, uh, for for a long period of time have complained about uh, some of the debit orders that happened there and uh, of course some of the more uh, more legit ones vis-a-vis even uh, some of the ones where uh, you've had the 99 rand scandal where some of those aren't triggered and one would see them in their bank statement
1: yeah so I think it's a very good uh, news uh, for consumers um especially um you know those that um, have a lot of credit and of course they've seen this type of uh, exercise or behavior by banks um coming through and, and and settling you know debts in between accounts um something that now the high court has said you know it's no longer going to be you know to be to be the case and I think um uh, the, uh, the high court basically um, making you know a clarity around the law called the common law set off. Uh, what the banks were applying previously, it's the um, the common law set off, which basically um, allows the two persons, um, if we owe each other uh, as individuals, of course, we could actually settle, um, you know, a, a debt uh, among 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 two individuals. So that's a common law set off. It's an old law um uh, that um according to the NCR the National Credit um Act it it's no longer you know applicable because it basically violates that um or it supersedes that section 125 of the NCA and I'm not going to go into the details but effectively it says it's no longer you know you know people can't take an account it, well they can't take money from one account uh to settle the debt that is owed in another account. Let me give you an example, rather. If you've got a credit card with a bank and you've got another check account, they can't take the money from your check to, mm. you know, to settle the credit account. That's illegal, and that's an exercise that the bank used to do uh, previously.
0: Now, 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 Maudi, we know, um, you know, even in the world of finance, there's uh, what is called subordinate debt, and then debt that has. Uh, sort of a, uh, some form of preferential uh, arrangement. What, what, was what the banks were doing here akin to uh, them subordinating other debts in order to pay themselves? Because, uh, of course, you had a check account with them, or your salary would land in the uh, uh, or, or land with the bank that uh, you had some of the credit with.
1: Yeah, effectively, they treated it as a yeah. as a subordinated uh, you know loan or debt. Um, and which is not, which is not, you know, legal and shouldn't be the case. Mm. And I think this ruling would definitely protect, uh, offer that protection that the consumer really needs. Um, you know, you can't have your money taken without authorization. You need to basically authorize uh, for such an arrangement to happen. Because remember, once once that is done, you know, the bank uh, then you know take advantage of the fact that you as a consumer you really can't challenge them and take them to court. I mean, if you do, you're going to spend a lot of money in legal fees uh, trying to take on a big giant, you know, such as um, such as a bank. It's just an exercise that many consumers um, didn't feel that they, they could actually challenge or they could actually... They had the energy to do it. So mm. that's why the banks got away with it. And I think this high-court ruling is one of the best, you know, I think it offers that protection to the consumers.
0: Yeah. Maudie, I want us to pause here for a second and uh, invite some of our listeners uh, to give us a ring on this particular one. If you have any questions with regard, uh, I guess, uh, to that particular judgment and what that is going to mean for you, uh, do give us a ring on zero eight nine We'll take this brief break, uh, Maudi and when we come back, uh, I want us to explain and uh, try and understand uh, firstly what a real estate investment trust is and uh, and in particular the story that appealed to me of a uh, real estate investment trust that uh, owns uh, the likes of OPOX, Mkanduli, Nago Eliottel, Nago Libote, being acquired by Safari Investments which uh, also is the landlord at uh, Denland Shopping Centre all the way out in Mamilodi. So two players here, two landlord players in the low-income uh, uh, retail property space uh, deciding to, uh, uh, I guess, tie up and effectively consolidate that end of the market and uh, Maudi, when we come back, I uh, want us to pick up on that particular story and uh, uh, also speak about uh, uh, the uh, 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 REIT landscape in general. Yeah? Uh, Perfect. I'm in conversation there with Maudi He is uh, the Chief Executive Officer at uh, Lehumo Investments uh, joining us uh, for our business wrap uh, this evening. Let's take this brief break. And on the other side, we continue to give us a ring on zero eight nine double one zero double three double seven. Nine minutes it is now before eight pm, and uh, we are in conversation uh, as part of our business wrap uh, conversation this evening. And I'm joined by uh, Maudi Lenzwane, and uh, he is uh, the uh, Chief uh, Executive Officer at uh, Lehumo Investments. Now, Maudi, uh, the uh, other thing I wanted us to uh, take a look at here is uh, this. Uh, a decision uh, on the part of uh, Safari Investments to acquire uh, another real estate investment trust, Fairvest, uh, who own uh, uh, much uh, real estate uh, in uh, the retail sector in uh, many of uh, the low-income communities across our country and uh, also here, I guess, uh, uh, in many ways, a marriage of uh, uh, very similar uh, investment philosophies.
1: No, certainly. I mean, uh, they are similar in the sense that they operate primarily in the uh you know rural areas um if you like. Uh most of their you know the their 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 malls are you know situated in in rural areas or in township areas. Um so they're pretty you know similar in in a sense. Um and and, and this is I think a very good move by them um to try and really consolidate. I mean we've seen um the JSE I think has about almost close to sixty um, of these real estate investment trusts um, that are listed on the exchange, most of which are very illiquid. I mean, the share prices hardly ever move. And, um, you know, I think this consolidation would certainly um, offer some investors some opportunities, and I think it will certainly increase some liquidity um, on some of these, um, you know, REITs that, that are listed mm-hmm. and, and certainly not seeing a lot of action, uh, Ayabonga.
0: Yeah. Ma- Maury. let's maybe take a step back here and uh, explain for some of us who might not be familiar what a REIT is or what a real estate investment trust is in relation, I guess, to the shopping centers that we interact with every single day. I made the example of Fairvest and uh, some of the assets in their portfolio, including, uh, of course, the Boxer Superstores all the way in Liborte, uh, which is uh, where my mother is from. And uh, yeah. I mean, I was quite interested uh, in uh, the uh, interface between all of the malls and shopping centers we interact with every single day and how that links to real estate Investment trust, which is uh, what many of uh, the f- pension funds who hold our benefits invest in as well.
1: Yeah, so uh, I mean, I have uh, and I've had this question before, where people say, "I mean, I'm seeing these malls, mm. and uh, people always wonder who owns these malls, um, and and most of these uh, big shopping centres and, and and office blocks that 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 you see um, in places like and Rosebanks." Those are owned by a real estate investment trust, mm. and effectively a REIT is a company that owns those buildings it's a you know a company that is set up primarily to raise money uh from investors It's you and I that really uh, buy shares in these companies or can buy shares in these companies They raise those monies and then they uh, expand by you know investing in another development a new development you you mentioned those boxes uh that they invest in. Um, so we, you and I make money when those share prices uh, appreciate, and of course, they also have to, um, every now and then, declare the dividends or pay us the yield, um, the dividends that they will um, you know, announce on, a, on an annual basis or on a quarterly basis. Uh, so that's how you and I make money as investors, and those companies um, continue to invest in those uh, new projects.
0: Mm -hmm. And in this case, I mean, uh, the other company that's acquiring here, Safari, uh, also uh, quite well represented in particular in the township of Mamelodi, and also have some investments uh, in Namibia. They did say here that uh, they're going to continue to uh, operate as two main offices in the interim, even after this uh, tie-up. But uh, you mentioned the liquidity issue. Uh, I'm also quite interested in what this is going to mean uh, by way of uh, the uh, uh, book of capital to go out and expand into uh, the segment that uh, they've already chosen.
1: Yeah, so I mean, you you, you might have seen Ayabonga. Uh, I, I, last year, we had I think the, probably the real estate uh, or the REIT sector, uh, the listed property uh, sector, had one of the most difficult uh, period on the you know on the JSE. We saw share prices come under a lot of pressure. Um, you know, there were also some scandals. I mean, if you remember the re- resilient uh, stories, yes. that also I think affected the sector quite negatively. And, um you know, there has been a need for, you know, some consolidation to happen. You know, some of the smaller ones to really try and match so that they remain relevant. Because mm. I think, you know, being uh, competing against the big giants, uh, the likes of growth point, um, it was really just going to make life for them very difficult. Uh, especially if they don't, they don't work out, you know, they come, come up with ways to, to try and consolidate their operations. Uh, together, they are stronger you know if they can consolidate and identify you know the um, counter you know companies that they can actually draw some synergies on um, even better, and I think that also offers some opportunities for investors
0: to look mm. at them. I mean, also, the, these aren't uh, slouches by any account. I mean, they, they might be a smaller REITs uh, compared to the growth point that you mentioned there. But uh, uh, an entity like Fairvest listed on the JSC, owning uh, uh, a lot of shopping centers in smaller and rural towns, has managed to, uh, I guess, uh, you know, uh, early this year, give guidance to the market of around double-digit dividend growth. So uh, over a long period of time, they, these are the guys who have been paying dividends consistently, and that should make them uh, a very strong and uh, an attractive investment proposition.
1: No, certainly. I mean don't 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 take it for granted. I mean those even though they operate in those mm. rural areas, there is um lots of um you know money being made in 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 those areas and I think um um just listening to the premier yesterday um uh, premier Makura also talking about the township economy. Mm. I mean there's a massive um economy that's booming there and if really nurtured properly and taken care of and really looked after and given the support that that it needs. This is the one uh, economy that can actually grow uh, the South African economy uh, massively. So that is why those uh, shopping centers are mushrooming in those areas because um. they've seen these opportunities. They're taking advantage of them.
0: Okay. I should look at us sitting at the Amber Makai that time. Uh uh, all of these chaps from uh, Cape Town are going into the same rural areas we're leaving and are making a killing and delivering double-digit uh, dividend growth to investors. Maudi, hold the line for me for a second there. I've got one of our callers who'd like to weigh in on this issue uh, between the courts and the banks and uh, that judgment that came from the South Gauteng uh, South, uh, South, uh, High Court last week uh, about, uh, of course, uh, banks uh, taking money uh, in our accounts. Tabiso, you are in Cwane. Good evening to you.
2: Good evening. How are you?
0: I'm well, thanks, Chief. How are you?
2: I'm all right, thank you. So I just got the conversation uh, halfway. Okay. And I have uh, uh, like, uh, two quick questions. So one one is uh, regarding the, uh, the investment where one needs to actually understand whether the tax-free investment accounts actually worthwhile considering mm. or uh, the fixed deposits. So in terms of different uh, investment opportunities that are out there. Sure. So that's the first one then the second one is um taping a little bit into the home loan market mm. where i uh, just need to also understand why is it that you get charged different um attorney fees for different purchase prices of a of a
0: home loan sure 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 okay thank you so much for that maudi Uh i don't know my brother if uh, you're going to be able to respond to that one but i think you will yeah Look, just a quick
1: one. The tax-free, I've always said, I don't understand why all South Africans are not really participating in it because this is effectively a gift, mm. you know, from the government saying save and uh, or invest. When you invest and you earn some um, returns on those on those investments, um, we're not going to tax you because that's the way government encourages people to save. And and for me, I think everybody needs to participate in that. And the sooner you start, the better. Because remember, uh, in your lifetime, it's five hundred thousand, and uh, of course, uh, annually it's about thirty-three thousand uh, maximum that you can So the sooner you start, the better. On the issue of, I think the other one was about why the banks or oh, they they charge different transfer amounts. I didn't get the last question correctly. I do
0: not uh, so do you want to just? Uh Reiterate that last uh, a part of the last question.
2: Okay, no problem. So, if one uh, is buying property, so the attorney fees that one pays on different purchase prices of a of a bond, they are different. So, I'm assuming that the the attorneys are doing the same paperwork, but why why is uh, or why are consumers charged differently? I see on on or depending on the on the purchase price of a bond. Mm.
0: So, Maudi, yeah, yeah. Please go ahead.
1: The look, I'm not obviously an expert in that field, but I thought it's a percentage of the purchase value. And therefore, when he says different amounts, he means uh, different amounts. Obviously it would be a different amount because the percentage of a percentage of a million would not be the same as a percentage of five hundred thousand
0: Rand.
2: Okay. okay, so it's based on a percentage. All yes, right, yes, all right. Yes.
0: So in that sense then it makes sense. Okay. Tell me so. Glad we could help you, my brother. Thank you so much uh, for uh, so much. Uh, posing yeah. those questions there. Maudi, just as we wrap up here, and uh, of course, I guess it, it uh, some of the questions that uh, Tabiso is raising uh, are intimately tied to this conversation we're having about around real estate investment trusts. Because when you do invest that money, uh, the fund managers who then sort of put and pool all of that money together do invest it in areas like these real estate investment trusts. And uh, the last question, certainly on my end, for, for some of us, uh, who uh, might be considering going into that space or setting up a, a REIT, much similar to the Fair Vests and uh, Safaris of this world, in underserved segments of the market? What goes into setting up a REIT?
1: Yeah, so look, uh, it, it is regulated. Um, and of course, those requirements uh, would be listed, uh, obviously, as part of the listing process um, at the JSE. Uh, I might not have the nitty really, gritty, but I'm sure that information is easily accessible from the likes of the JSE to say, if I want to set up a, a read, what what do I need uh, to do? Um, and I'm sure that that information could be available there, um, Ayabollah.
0: Okay, Maudi, we'll have to leave it there, my brother. I really appreciate your time and you uh, coming out to clarify uh, some of these issues for us and also discussing with us some of the uh, big uh, stories in the world of business this evening. That there is Maudi Linswane, he's the Chief Executive Officer at Luhumo Investments, joining us this evening here on Metro FM Talk.